back, glitches, to another episode of Glitchin' Podcast with me, your host, Adrian Earhart, coming at you at Cradrian, like everything. Um, makes no sense. Nothing ever does. None of this is real. My guest today is dope as fuck, <laughs> and uh, I've been on her podcast. Now she's on mine, and we're going to get weird. This is Mary Jane Gibson. Hi. How you going? I'm going good. I, I did my little Aussie intro. How you going? Hi. How how's going? it going? How you going? A little diphthong. I love the thing. You know what diphthong is? Oh, yeah. Are you a linguist? I studied theatre. Oh, they've got like, yeah, when you're talking like all the vowels you've got to learn. And I had to play an Australian. Oh, my God. It's hard. <laughs> it's a hard accent. It is. When you lean into it too hard, you just sound nuts. But like oh, no. if you can finesse it, it's pretty amazing, which you can. It. I heard it this morning on uh, the news because they're like locking down a bunch of things. It's really scary. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Mm, yeah. Tom Hanks is uh, the monkey. Yeah, yeah, patient zero, right? <laughs> patient zero. I should have said patient zero, not the monkey. Sorry, Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I love you so much. I yeah. just love you so much. Yeah, it's like the world didn't take it seriously until Tom Hanks announced that he had coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody I sat next to last week tested positive. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little nervous about that. Okay. I've been just like not really touching anybody uh, or going to work. <laughs> yeah. But I would have symptoms by now, apparently. If okay. I I did have a fever last week. And then you just cough right now. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, well, I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Something I do about it, you know. And you're healthy and young and, you know, fit as anyone I've ever met, so. Sure. I do have chronic pulmonary disorders. Oh. Pneumonia, bronchitis, asthma. I'm a wheezy, a wheezy bit. You want to hear it? Yeah. Always. I can Always hear wheezy. those alveoli like, crackle in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why I, spo- I smoke uh, pinene-heavy strains that have, you know, it's bronchodilator. Yeah. Open that shit up. Makes sense. I'm not smoking right now for obvious reasons. Right. Um, how are you handling this quarantine? Uh, like, honestly, we, Mike and I were supposed to be at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we sort of saw it coming. We were like, okay, well, if that's going to get canceled, we need a plan B. And our backup plan was actually before any of the sort of quarantine stuff came down to hole up and work on a writing project. Okay. So it's been actually kind of nice to have had that backup plan in place. We've, you know, had stored up on, you know, good food to make while we just kind of hunker down and write. Oh my God, you guys with the cooking. Yeah. You're so lucky. Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of, kind of great. I mean, obviously not kind of great because the world is fucking crazy and people are Ending. like people are losing their jobs mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's nuts. But um, I feel really fortunate. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And we made like, I made a bolognese pappardelle last night. and I don't even know what that is. Oh, yeah. Pasta with like a beautiful uh, meat sauce with celery and onion and t- uh, tomato paste. And so good. You're so central when you talk about food. <sighs> I love it. <laughs> I'm not capable. I'm like, I think it's salt and pepper. Yeah. Just put those on the top there. It should be good. Although I made breakfast for my boyfriend this morning and he told me it was the best breakfast any woman has ever made him. Oh my God. What was it? It was just a scramble that had like uh, rosemary and spinach and cherry tomatoes and extra sharp vintage white cheddar cheese from Tillamook because I know I don't fuck around with cheese. Yeah. And then um, sausage and then uh, an English muffin toasted with a blueberry jalapeno chipotle jam. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You just punched him in the nuts with the best breakfast ever. Yeah, he was like, this is fucking great. And I was like, well, that's the thank you for last night. So, yeah, you're welcome. My quarantine has been 
Like I was, I woke up this morning. I'm like, why am I sore? And my boyfriend was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. I've been going to Home Depot and doing DIY projects and organizing my room, um, drilling my bed to the wall, drilling handles to the top of the bed, you know, great single lady stuff. I mean, I'm in, I have a boyfriend, but like, I'm, I'm not married anymore. You know? Right. So yeah, that's what's going on with me in the quarantine. Um, my boyfriend listens to the news every hour or so, mm. uh, to see like the death toll. What's happening next? <sighs> a lot of FaceTimes from people who don't believe it's a thing. Yeah. And it's very frustrating for us because we're obviously holed up with like a bunch of supplies, just kind of waiting to see what the, what, what happens next. I just, Sam just told me governor Newsom is shutting down bars and restaurants. What? In California. I'm just hearing that for the first mm-hmm. time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. Just got told. Okay. So stay tuned for more news on that. This is going to come out in like a month and like either the world's going to be ended or this is going to be the past. So can't wait for to hear that. <laughs> Are you seeing any of the stuff from lockdowns in Italy where like there was an entire neighborhood singing, bitch better have my money? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, you know, but people just doing things to all feel sort of connected and alive in this crazy time. I think that's the one thing that I'm seeing that gives me a little bit of hope. Solidarity, camaraderie. Yeah. I remember the uh, blackout of New York City, August of like 2003. Mm-hmm. I was there. I was in the middle of a dance class and on, on Broadway. And then the power went out. And then just it was fear for a little bit because 9-11 was so recent. <clears throat> that we were all just kind of like, oh shit, are they bombing? What's going on? You know, and I, I think I ran across the Brooklyn Bridge home, and um, and then I came back over and was walking around Times Square late at night. Everybody's out partying, doing fireworks, drinking with each other, helping each other. What do you need? Ah, my phone works. You want to use my phone? It was fucking magical. Yeah. Um, and except for the weird dude staying in my hostel, who took pictures of my naked body while I was sleeping, hmm. everything was chill. <laughs> everything was totally chill. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I thought they the, those dudes had gone because they left earlier for the airport, but then obviously they couldn't leave because there was no power. Uh, so they came back. And my roommate and I were like naked in bed because it was hot. It was one of the hottest summers on record, too. Yeah, and you thought you had the place to yourself. I thought I had a place to myself, and they came in, and I could hear the camera clicking from them taking pictures. I mean, it was my just my back and like maybe a little bit of my butt, but wonder what happened to those pictures, you know? <laughs> They're probably Whoa. in Spain somewhere. Did you confront him? <clears throat> no, I was terrified. Yeah. I was 19. Yeah. And with my face to the wall in a hostel that I had been sharing with two dudes from Spain. I called them the Spanish guys because I was adorable. (laughs) Um, And they were like nice and they left us cookies. And then all of a sudden they're fucking taking pictures of our. Yeah. So um, like a smart person, I played dead. Like any smart woman. And it's so funny, you know, when dudes are like, well, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you do Mm. anything? It's like because I I played dead to save my life because the next thing that happens could be an act of violence. Mm -hmm. So. And sometimes is. Yeah. And has been before. Yep. So I'm going to be careful. Yep. Um, and I had been uh, sexually assaulted like four months prior to that. <sighs> so I was, and my, I had cut all my hair off and dyed it black. So I didn't even look like myself. No, of course I was not going to say something to these people. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'm good. I'll lock this shit up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the same thing as that feeling of like the world's ending. Let's not hurt each other. Let's, you know, try to be chill. Although last night the choppers around my building were going crazy because there was somebody fucking with our our garage and trying to get in our building and next door as well. And then my friend who's a cop was like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, everyone's got to be more vigilant right now. They're they're um, expecting more muggings as people lose their jobs and yeah. don't have money. And it's, uh, it's about to get very scary to be out on the streets. Mm. Apparently they've gotten uh, curfews in, in, in parts of America from like 10 to 5. Like yeah, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. Yep. A 10 to 5 curfew, which is 
crazy, but like Jersey doesn't fuck around. Jersey's already crazy. Yeah. You don't want to be out past five. It's the same thing when we had hurricane parties in Florida. You had to like go to the party midday and be there all night. And if you tried to like get home, a cop would definitely stop you and pick you up. Yeah. And then I was like, thanks for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. You couldn't drive anywhere. There are trees felled everywhere. So I can't wait to see what the apocalypse looks like. It's it's fascinating to watch everything sort of unfold. And, you know, especially this year, mm-hmm. this crazy, crazy year. It's been quite a fucking year, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like to like to date, not necessarily just like January to now, but like the full year of just like Trumpisms and just yeah. shit blowing up. And I'm scared. I'm scared. But like, I know that none of this is real. You know, you think it's a simulation? hundred mm-hmm. percent. That's what these glitches are from. Yeah. You know, they're little, little peaks, peaks in the matrix. Yeah. And uh, I just have to trust that God has a, a plan for us. God being mother nature, vibes, energy, whatever you want to call it. The organism, the planet earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gaia. I call, I call it vibes sometimes. I, I, pray, it, I pray to vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I My dad introduced me to the theory of Gaia when mm-hmm. I was a kid, you know, just that everything is one organism and we're all parts of it yes. operating together. So I that's like how I Gaia think of thing. it. Yeah. I studied Wicca a lot too, and that yeah. kind of go, goes with that. Mm-hmm. I was feeling the presence of a hag more recently. <clears throat> yeah. Did we talk about this on the podcast? I don't think so, but it's, yeah. a, it's a big thing where I'm from in like Irish culture. Yes. It's like the pressure on your chest yes. or any of that stuff. Yes. Okay. And I'm, I'm part Irish as well. Okay. Jewish, Irish, Viking. And um, I was telling my boyfriend about the other day, I was like, yeah, I have a hag that follows me around. He's like, are you fucking telling me there's a ghost with you at all times? And I was like, yeah, dude, sits on my chest, stands in the corner and thinks nasty thoughts at me. Ooh. Any pet I've ever had, whenever I look where I think it is, the dog's already looking there. Um, look yeah. at my arm hair right yep. now. Yep. Look, I knew you'd have goosebumps. And every time I try to research it, the hair on my neck stands up so much that I can't. So I don't know that much about hags because I'm uncomfortable asking other people to do the research for me. Okay. I feel like I need to be connected to the research, but I need to know more about it and how to stop it. But I know that I needed an amethyst. So I went to the Miller's Trading Post last week with my boyfriend and I bought this ring with an amethyst in it. And um, it was like supposed to be on my on my hand, you know? And this is a moonstone for grounding. I'm getting really into crystals. Yeah. Um, because I'm getting divorced and what else do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it's your second divorce Get and you some live in LA. Protection and some yeah. rocks. That, what like, am I doing wrong, man? <laughs> <laughs> but it's working because I already had a boyfriend when I got this amethyst. So obviously the stones are, are doing their thing. Yeah. But I'm wearing this all the time now. And uh, I have a chamsa that I keep by my door and I'm scared of it. But honestly, it's not usually there when I have someone in the bed with me, mm-hmm. which is why I think I'm never single. So really, I'm not a love addict. I have a ghost. That is fascinating. We always look for something else to blame. Um, it's not me and my issues. It's the ghost. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that the ghost is the reason that I got married twice. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't work out because the ghost ruined my relationships. Well, you did tell, well, you know, when you came on our podcast, you did talk about how you had had that experience of thinking that the world was ending mm-hmm. uh, and then realizing that it wasn't actually the world that was ending. It was just a, a facet of your relationship that you had, should have paid attention to. The ayahuasca vision. Yeah. Yes. And that was fascinating to me. Yeah, You just sort of misread the science. You misinterpreted what I did. you were being told. Completely, because I wanted to. I wanted to believe that we were supposed to be together mm-hmm. and not that shit was supposed to fall apart. So yeah. I'm trying really hard not to uh, put my own uh, twist on things and just accept it. But it's hard because it's your brain interpreting. Yeah. You know, and unless you have like years of wisdom and guidance, how do you fucking know what your brain's trying to tell you? Yeah. And especially like when, you know, 
I like I was in a horrifyingly bad relationship. I have mm-hmm. a restraining order against Ugh. an ex who, you know, it went very badly at the end. And there was a time when all of the red flags were present and everyone around me was screaming, please stop this. And I still interpreted everything in the way that I wanted to and mm-hmm. did exactly what I wanted to. And no one could help me except me. So red flags, man. Yeah. I remember when I first uh, separated from my husband and my mom was asking me about signs that I saw and, and did you, didn't you always know it wasn't supposed to be? And I, in a, in a, a sobbing fit, I said to her, uh, yeah, I was standing in a field of red flags, locking eyes with him. He's all I could see. Yeah. And like, when you're looking at them, there's all these flags you don't notice because you're in love, you know? Yep. <clears throat> and beyond that, too, they've conditioned you to believe that those flags aren't fucking real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, in my case, at least, you know, with my uh, sociopathic ex, he, yeah. he was really like, no, you're you're the mass and the world is the mass and I'm the only truth. And many and shit. Yeah. It was destabilizing as hell. I mean, it took me a long, long time to come back and sort of reestablish my baseline, you know? Yes. Your roots. Yeah. My my friend uh, who's into crystals, her name is Crystal. She's a witch. Oh, my God. You should have her uh, on yeah. the grub. She's an herbalist. She makes me these sacred smokes um, so that I can smoke. My boyfriend's sober. So we smoke these just herbal cigarettes um, together instead of like weed or whatever, you know. And mm-hmm. It's kind of like relaxing. And it's a uh, mulane is an expectorant. So it makes me cough and clears my lungs out a little bit. So she's super witchy. Um, anyway, she was like, you have been uprooted. You like you're spinning around like a tornado around this place I work with her because you don't have roots put down Mm -hmm. so get yourself a moonstone and start trying to put roots down somewhere and that was like before I even moved out of my old place and that's when I was like yeah I I can't re-put roots down here in a place where the soil has been churned you know so badly and burned not in a good slash and burn kind of way burned like uh, you know with blood or whatever I don't know how farming works (laughs) (laughs) A friend of mine who, when I was getting out of this whole situation and I'd finally got the restraining order and uh, still couldn't let go, Mm -hmm. was still like, you know, just checking on him constantly Mm -hmm. and like keeping that energetic connection open on my end, which is actually something that he desperately wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, But he had the restraining order so he couldn't contact me, but I was still reaching out and reaching out. And finally, my friend Isabel, who's also very witchy, Mm -hmm. um, was like, you need to put a, a stone in your underwear as you menstruate throughout your cycle. In your underwear. And then bury, like I pinned a little pouch of, with a crystal in it mm-hmm. next to my vagina throughout my cycle, wore it for like however long, three or four days. And then I buried it under a full moon. Wow. You <laughs> went full witch. Yeah. I haven't gone full witch in a while. Yeah. You made me want to go full witch. It was awesome. It didn't really do anything. Like the thing that actually shifted for me was when I went to an energy worker that I didn't believe in at all, who completely helped me. But Mm -hmm. that step of taking, like, I was like, I believe in this enough that I'm going to wear a rock in my underwear for a week. I'm ready to be done with this monkey on my back. Damn. I bet that felt good. It did feel good. The purge. Yeah. Bleeding is a purge. Yeah. I am. I've been at microdosing acid lately. Mm -hmm. Every three days. Nice. A little tincture from flow state. And it helps me have my period because it's got the ergot mushroom in it. And because uh, I wasn't menstruating. I have, I have PCOS and I was all like egged up. I went to my doctor and she was like, you're full of eggs. Got to get these eggs out of you. Got to take these supplements to help you egg drop. Egg drop soup. <laughs> egg drop soup, baby. Yeah. Uh, it's just like inositol. It's just like a supplement that it, it worked. I uh, ovulated and I bled. Um, and I think the acid helped with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the point of this story was, but um, bleeding, the purge. I feel so much better. 
after it's done emotionally, physically, spiritually, psychologically, yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Me too. I um, I met a witch the other day. <clears throat> Didn't know she was a witch. I've been working with her for a while. Um, she's like below me, but I, I adore her. And I was thinking about my next tattoo because I just got two recently. So I got a Norwegian and a French and a Spanish, the, the languages that I speak most comfortably. I'm going to get Hebrew. And then after that, I want to get one in binary. And I was thinking like, what do I want to get in binary? And I think I like the word confidence because when I was younger, I was painfully shy. Uh, people have a hard time believing that, but like mm-hmm. could, could not talk to people. Like, well, I mean, I was abused. I was a fucking weird ass kid. And my mom used to whisper in my ear, confidence, before like a presentation or something I had to do or I have to go talk to somebody or go order ice cream or anything, anything that involved talking to another human being. Confidence, confidence. She'd buy me stones to say confidence. She'd chant it to me, you know, slip little papers that said it in my lunch. So I was like, it's got to be the word confidence. And I think I want to get it like on my tricep because it's going to be long. Yeah. And binary. And uh, my employee came up to me the other day. I was like just in the bathroom restocking or something. And she came in there and she was like, hey, um, do you believe in like metaphysical stuff? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she was like, I've been having dreams about you. And I was like, okay, do I need to get HR in here? And she was like, <laughs> not that kind of dream. Uh, and she was like, I, I dreamt that you um, were setting up for something big that you were really proud of. And you were so determined and you just knew it was going to be good. I could feel your confidence. And I was like, bitch. Wow. And I was like, now I know. I told her about the tattoo. And I was like, now I know that's the tattoo I need to get. And she yeah. was like, totally. And as she was walking away in my head, I said to myself, she doesn't belong here. Two days later, she put in her notice. What? So it was like a double glitch. Like her doing the confidence glitch and me doing the, you're not supposed to be here. And like, I didn't say that to anybody. I didn't say she doesn't belong here. Or she, you know, she's too good for it. Not that she's too good, but she's a spiritual person. She needs to be doing some spiritual shit, you mm-hmm. know? She's getting out right in time. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so that was, uh, that's how you know that someone's a witch is when they like, they glitch with you hard and you're like, oh, you, got, yeah. you got some kind of powers. Yeah. So I know I got to get a long ass tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the universe says, yep, that one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> it's 100,000 characters long. Oh God. <laughs> I mean. Your back as- just looks like the Matrix. It's, it can't be that that long in the ASCII uh, alphabet. It'll just be like essentially the uh, C-O-N-F-I-D-E-N-C-E, that many lines yeah. of probably like five zeros spaces. Yeah. So I'll do the math first. Okay. I don't deserve to have that tattoo if I can't do the math on it first. Right. So I'm going to do the math first. <laughs> it's going to look great. I can't wait great. to see it. I'm so stoked. Yeah. I don't have any like, tattoos. This is Matrix. You have zero tattoos? I have zero tattoos. Zero body mods. I mean, I pierced my belly like every other girl in the late 90s. But oh, yeah. I got that when I was 16. Yeah, me too. Um, why don't you have any tattoos? Um, Kind of be, like a bunch of stuff. Never knew what I wanted enough to get anything. I had a bunch of friends get bad tattoos when I was like 15 and they were all like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And they, I saw how badly they went and how badly they turned out. So cautionary tales. Yep. Um, also, the tattoo artist who came to the small town that I grew up in and made all tattoos gave everyone hep A. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that would do it. Yeah, so I was scared off from it from a young age. And it's like definitely in my family, it was a very like traditional Irish Canadian family, you mm-hmm. know, it was pretty frowned on. And I've always loved them, but I've never felt like I could commit to anything for long term. But I have one word. What word? Endurance. Endurance. That I've always wanted. I feel like if I ever get a tattoo. I said I'm that word that. this morning. Whoa. To my boyfriend. Huh. 
Well, here we are. <laughs> For obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's great. Yeah. Uh, the word, the first word I got, I got my first tattoo when I was 30. Mm. So I waited a long time because I was a dancer and it's hard to like cover that shit up when you're performing and stuff. Yeah. Just waited a long time. And then I'm so wishy-washy. I was like, I don't know what I want. But I was like, you know what? I'm a fucking linguist. There's no way I'm not going to love these words that I've said a bunch of times. So this one is utadashal uplevesa. And it means in Norwegian out of body experience. But it's not actually a word. It's a concatenated word. Like uh, like how Germans do where they just add on a word on, and then all of a sudden you have like far from Yeah, you know? like I'm big, I'm, I'm uh, what is it? I'm big Feuerzeug. Yeah. Disposable lighter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they just tack on lighter that is thrown away, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, <laughs> this rapper, Ravi, in uh, Norway, one of my favorite rappers, had this song, and he was just like, this word, this should be a word. Mm. Because it was like, out of the self, you know, experience. And uh, I loved that he was like, basically a linguist. Like he was like, this should be a word, I'm making it. And I was 18 when I decided I wanted that tattoo and 30 when I finally got it. So I was yeah. like, this is safe. Like, I know I'm going to like it, you know? Yeah, you've shed all of your skin twice at that point. And then this French tag I learned in uh, high school, Nespa, uh-huh. I thought it was so clever that you can just use it for anything. Yeah. And then my Spanish one is from my favorite Judy Bloom book, Tiger Eyes, that oh. I read when I was like 14. I freaking love Tiger Eyes yeah. so much. Te veré cuando las lagartijas When the lizards run. Yes! yes! Bitch! Bitch! Oh! <laughs> I love it. I love it. And my tattoo artist, too, she was tattooing me. And she was like, what does this mean? And I told her and she was like... Oh, Oh my God, tiger eyes. And I was like, you are, that's a glitch. I was like, you are the best person to be tattooing me right now in the world. Amazing. Yeah. I fucking, she's the best. And, um, and she lets me readjust where I want the tattoo a thousand times before doing it. (laughs) A little smaller, a little, yeah. Um, I was really, I've gone twice by myself. These two, I went alone. And like these two, I went with my ex-husband because I was like scared. It was my first, you know, first and I have a big old tree on my back. I plan on making a scene <laughs> in yeah. the shop. I'm going to throw down <laughs> on my Fuck back. This note. Uh, yeah. Tap me up. I have no idea what I want the scene to be. So I'm hoping, I was kind of hoping one of my lovers who draws three of the four people I've been with recently. I can't believe I just said how many people I've been with uh, <laughs> are artists like draw. It's like, why didn't any of you give me an idea for what this should be on my back? Just got to bust out the Sharpies, you know? Just draw it. Draw it up and I'll, I'll get it tatted. So I'm hoping that one day someone builds on it. But honestly, it was one of the most painful things I've been through in my life on my spine. Yeah. So I'm going I'm to chill for a bit. But it does look weird to have just like one tree in the middle of your back. I don't know. It's I an think... evergreen. Okay. Like a Christmassy looking tree. Cool. Yeah. It reminds me of the Pacific Northwest, which is where I feel the safest. Interesting. That's mm-hmm. where my sister lives. I spent a lot of time up there. It's very witchy up there. Very witchy. I fucking love that oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God, I could live there. This rainy weather, mm-hmm. I'm in my fucking zone. Yep. It's just a shame I can't go outside and put my face in the rain because I'm afraid of the fucking COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Maybe it's in the rain. We don't know. We're not sure. It's in the rain. It's in the wind. Yeah. Have you seen Blade Runner? It's everywhere. <laughs> Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Blade Oh fuck yes, Wesley Snipes all is so it. goddamn hot. So fucking hot. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck it up right now okay. and go off book. Um, I have a an email address for people to send me their glitches. Yeah, and it's hey at glitchinpodcast.com in case you want to do it. And this guy slid in because I don't know if you know you know my show Bud Box was on Prohibited. It yep. was a cannabis talk show. Yes, it's playing on Pluto TV and on THC TV in dispensaries all over the place. I oh. have n- no idea. So what they didn't tell you. 
No, because then they probably have to pay me for it. Yeah. Um, and that's not happening. Residuals, so, bitches. Not Come happening. on. Um, and people keep sliding in, finding me from that, because I guess my lower third has my name on it. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy said, um, I saw you on Pluto TV, decided to do a research, saw that you have a web, uh, a podcast called Glitchin'. This in and of itself is a glitch. And he says, I was in Dallas, Texas months ago with my daughters and my youngest fainted on us in the parking lot heading into a restaurant. When she came to him and was okay to enter, my oldest mentioned that she looked like she glitched. So I asked if they'd ever seen The Matrix. They said no. We were staying in an Airbnb and hoped we could find it. We had previously agreed to watch a movie later that night, but since my daughter had just fainted, we would just stay in. Okay, dude, check this out. We get back to our Airbnb and cannot find the Matrix movie to watch on the TV. I get online to check for movies and guess what is showing on the big screen? Yep, the Matrix. Whoa. Here's the thing. I would never have uh, casually asked about the movie. And my oldest would never have stated about glitching if my youngest did not glitch. And the Matrix showing would not have been relevant. We would have watched something else. It was like our whole day after that was a glitch. And we all observed my youngest after that incident just to be different. Like a total new personality was implanted. It was so apparent. And he even posted uh, to IGTV about it because he was like so freaked out. And it was this dude, Sam. Thank you for your share, this dude, Sam. That's a fucking glitch. Uh. And um, I feel like a lot of the time when pe- when there is a glitch that happens to somebody, you do have a physical experience as a result of it. Like I've had a glitch and then cried before or a glitch and then laughed like hysterically it's like uh i feel like it's a a jolt of something and like it it stirs up an emotion in you and it comes out do you feel like that totally a disruption in the the energy stream yeah for sure i love that you're so fucking witchy what's uh what's your glitch you got a glitch for me the biggest one that I can think of mm-hmm. is when I was working on a salmon boat in Alaska. Oh, I can't, I wanted to hear about this when you mentioned that you were on a boat in Alaska for four years. Okay, a yeah. salmon boat. I worked as a deckhand and okay. cook on a salmon boat for four Fuck. summers. Fucking great job. Um, my very first summer up there, it was like weeks into the season and we had been like out on the fishing grounds and we were coming back in and it was a big, huge boat. It was an 80-foot power scow. Wow. And so to tie up was... Um, this kind of big operation where one of us would have to be on the bow and one would be on the stern and the skipper would be in the wheelhouse and he wouldn't be able to see a whole lot of what was going on because it was such a big boat with, you know, this like huge 80 foot long sort of thing moving through the water. And so um, as we were coming in to tie up, I was cooking in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and the captain shouted down from the wheelhouse into the galley. Yeah, galley, sorry. He was like, you know, we're coming in, we're about to tie up. And I just had this moment where I was like, I'm going to go overboard. And I from the kitchen, yeah, like standing in the galley, I just was like, I had that like boop, and I knew, and I was like, well, that was weird. Why would I think that? Because I'd been doing this for weeks at this point, uh-huh. and I went out onto the deck, and I was tying up uh, the bow, and all of a sudden, a boat was in our spot, and so we had to move the lines from one side to the other, and they're these big, heavy lines, mm-hmm. and so the skipper shouted down, and he was like, you gotta move the lines. We're gonna tie up starboard instead of port side, and so I went and right, asked, instead of left, yep. And so I was moving these big, heavy lines over. And as I was like kind of lugging this 20 pound line Uh from the left to to the right side of the bow, I tripped over this big cleat. And I just remember the world reversing. And I was like, I knew this was going to (laughs) happen as I went into the water. But the danger was if you go into the water between a boat and the dock, the boat is moving. It can squish you. you, Yeah, you can get smushed between the pilings and and the boat. And so there was a guy standing on the dock watching us come in. The skipper hadn't seen me go in. And he screamed at the skipper and he was like, she's in the water. She's in the water. And so luckily the skipper like hit the reverse on the engines and the guy on the back deck hopped into the skip and came and got me. And they were so, they were like pissed and relieved. But I just remember the whole thing feeling like I knew it was going to happen. Oh my God. 
Like, because it was supposed to. Were you like more cautious after that or were they, did they treat you differently after that? Yeah. I mean, they, it was sort of like that sea, you know, salty like lesson, that seafaring lore where they're like, well, everyone, everyone goes over once. If you go over twice, you're a fucking idiot and you're, you know, probably not built to be on boats, but Uh it happens to everyone at some point once. They say that about motorcycles. Like there's two people, those who've gone down and those who haven't. Yep. I went down and never got back up, but I'm thinking about getting my motorcycle license again. Yeah. So were there salmon in the water when you went down? I'm sure. I mean, it was nighttime. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, that's so scary. Yeah, it was like late, late one rainy night in Craig, Alaska, which is this tiny, tiny little town on Prince of Wales Island. I'm stressed just hearing this. In southeast Alaska. And Were you so scared, dude? No, I was calm because I knew it was going to happen. And when I went into the water, I kind of knew that I was going to be okay. And And there's not usually sharks near the dock, right? No. No, no. It was just like a lot of starfish and sea urchins and like guts. <laughs> it was pretty gross. But then, you know, I think what really snapped me out of it, which I think happens to everyone. You ha- you might have something really scary happen to you, but you don't realize how terrifying it is until you see the people around you. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, they hauled me into the skiff like a sea lion, very ungraceful, you know, flopped me over the deck and then got me back on the boat. And then I saw my skipper's face and I was like, oh. And he was like, that is the least... Like, that is the worst time that you could go overboard. Yeah. Apart from being underway when no one sees it happen and mm-hmm. then you're just dead. But he's like, you know, when you're docking and you were between this 80-foot power scow <sighs> and the pilings. And I was like, I'm really sorry. He was like, yeah, don't ever do that again. Were you mad young? I was 25. Yeah. So, yeah, young. Barely had a, a prefrontal cortex uh, <laughs> cortex all sewn up. You know? Like wildly uh, confident, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. speaking of confidence. We all like I had, you know, I had lived at that point, like I'd graduated from theater school and I'd lived in Europe <laughs> for a few years and I traveled. Like I'd done, I felt really good about my, you know, ability in the world yeah. as just a human. You were the coolest. I felt very, uh, yeah. Yeah. I felt like pretty good about myself at the time. And so it took me down a peg for sure. I was for very sure. fucking careful very for the rest of that season. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I went over once in um, Africa. I was uh, there with my mom. I was 15. She had business everywhere and she would take one of us with her sometimes. And we'd get to go like tour by ourselves and then we'd get to do things together. One of the things we got to do together, she told me it was a canoe ride. And then they handed me a helmet. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And then they made me watch a safety video of the level five whitewater rapids we were about to embark upon. And she was like, you can handle it. You're super athletic. And that's true. Like physically I could handle it, but I was terrified of the water, like water in general. Um, And my grandpa lived in the Keys and we'd go down there and I like wouldn't swim. I would just stay out, you know, unless it was like super clear and you could see everything. Because I came face to face with a barracuda once and he pulled me out of the water by my wedgie. My grandpa did. Yeah. (laughs) And was like, almost lost you, kid. (laughs) (laughs) And then 10 minutes later, was like, you want to go back in? I was like, fuck you. I was 10. I never went back in pretty much ever again. I was scared until I got like scuba diving certified. So I'm. Uh, scared of the water. I was like, there's probably piranha, there's probably crocodiles. And then I was like, you know what, mom? I'm just, I'll see you in Zambia. We were in Zimbabwe and I was like, I'm going to go to Zambia. I'll see you later. And she was like, mm, I wouldn't do that. There's men holding guns everywhere. And I was like, all right, well, I'm definitely going overboard. And she's like, no, you're not. It's You're going to be fine. Sure enough, we hit like our third big rapid and the whole boat capsizes and we all go under. The guide is on top of the boat within four seconds counting heads. And um, I had never experienced rapids before. And trying to swim up in a rapid where you're not moving up, like 
That's the strangest sensation ever. Yeah. Of like you think you're, this is, okay, I go up now. Oh my God, I'm supposed to go up now. Oh my God. And like I was sputtering water when I finally got out of the water and then the current took me and I was down the river away from everybody. Um, and my mom was screaming for me and the guide was going, it's okay, mommy, long swim. They always have fun little things to say to yeah. tourists, you know. Hakuna Matata, he said a bunch of times, which is Swahili, and he definitely spoke in Belay because he was in Zimbabwe, but whatever. <laughs> I digress. Uh, I ended up in Zambia, on the shore of Zambia, with a gun in my face. Oh, from, what? Like a militant dude who was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then um, I was just like touching like rocks there, and he's gun, gun in my face, and all of a sudden I felt something pull me. Thought it was a fucking crocodile. It was another guide who put me in his boat. And then I was in someone else's boat for the rest of that white rod rapid experience. And then they ended up, I had to go jump to the other one. My mom was beside herself. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, you did this. You did this to me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she tried to kill me on every trip she ever took me on. <laughs> we, we got chased by an elephant once that same trip too. Oof. Cause we got between it and the baby. So I know what it's like to go overboard and uh, think that you might die, but also know that it's going to happen. Like I knew I was going for a long swim. Mm -hmm. I knew from the minute they handed me that helmet, I was like, I'm going in the water. I started taking like all the things out of my pockets and stuff. I was like, this is, I'm going in. Yeah. And it happened. Better it to be prepared. Really scary. Yeah. And then I went whitewater rafting, rafting again in Australia. Um, and I didn't, nothing bad happened. I was prepared. Yeah. Because I had accepted that I may go in. I feel like that's half the battle. That's it. Like once once it. you've gotten it over with, once you've dropped your motorcycle, mm -hmm. fallen overboard, flipped out of the boat in the white water rafting, mm -hmm. you've done it. Fallen off the mountain face on your, you know, belaying or whatever the fuck it is. Did you fall off a mountain? I haven't, but I love mountaineering stories and I read a lot of them. <laughs> I'm so into them because they're just, you know, the, the wildest survival stories. They are. You know, I want to do the rock climbing like indoors thing where you yeah. have to look a little pulley just to see if I could do it because I'm very convinced that, um, the apocalypse is coming and we'll need to have all these survival skills. Yeah, you need to know how to climb yeah. things. So I, I ask every person that I've dated thus far, uh, can you camp? Yeah. Can you start a fire? Uh, like, how resourceful are you? Do you know how to use a knife? Can you fillet a fish? Can you gut a deer? Like, I sound like a crazy person, but like, Listen, I'm planning. I'm here for it. I can fillet a fish. Can you? If you need help. You know what? You're going to be my apocalypse buddy. I I'm, would love you to be my apocalypse buddy. That would be fucking great. Dope. Because I'm really good at um, killing other people. <laughs> 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 Anyone tries to steal our shit, I got you. Man. Just um, understanding nefarious intentions. Yeah. I can read it on someone's face immediately. And I'm I, like, oh, you're sensitive you're to that. Trying to, you're not trying to join our troop. You're trying to steal our shit. Or you're trying to fuck my husband. Oh, am I projecting? Am I projecting? Yeah, you're super intuitive, huh? Mm -hmm. I'm not in that way. Like I, I feel certain things from people um, when it when it comes to creativity and mm -hmm. and their intentions with like, like their art and stuff. I mm -hmm. feel like I'm, but I'm not in touch with people's actual intentions. Do you know your personality type? No. You should take that Myers Briggs. I've never done the Myers Briggs. Do a Myers Briggs. I did an this. Enneagram thing. You mentioned that on the podcast. I don't like know a what that was. Fourth, I don't even know. Okay, I'll take that one. Okay, you take Myers Briggs. Okay, Myers Briggs. I'm ENTJ, the commander. Which means I like to have like a king or queen above me and that's it. I like to be second in command, right-hand man, dominating. And I think that's um, – and they're very protective. I'm, I'm the protector. I take responsibility for people a lot. And I know that that's why I'm intuitive and why – I mean, obviously, I was abused. That's why I don't trust anyone. But I can read someone's intentions like off the bat and yeah. I'm very rarely wrong. Yeah. And that's a survival instinct. Yep. I'm the Rick – 
of Walking Dead. Hell yeah. I've been thinking about that show a lot. Oh my God. Mm hmm. I'm I'm uh, grocery shopping with my boyfriend the other day. I meal prepped last week because I'm uh, from Florida and I saw this hurricane coming. So I was like, water, dry goods, you know, like I already got all my things. I did one trip. I, I feel very prepared. Um, and he's like throwing random shit in the cart. And he's like, should we get uh, cupcakes? I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Let me help you with this. He likes to live comfortably. Yeah. 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 He was like, well, we're going to, gonna, we need fun things. And I was like, I have flour and sugar and like we can bake things. We don't need to have perishable. We have limited room in the fridge now. We need things with electrolytes like coconut water and chicken soup and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, you've done this before. Yeah. Yeah. I've been through like seven hurricanes, bro. Yeah. You you learn to stock up with what you need. Yeah. You don't buy wine. You buy hard fucking liquor. Well, he's sober. <laughs> oh, uh, right. <laughs> and I don't drink. So right, right. we didn't buy any. We saw a lot of carts with alcohol in them. Yeah. And I was like, we saved a lot of money. And a lot of uh, drinking too much water to compensate for the dehydration you feel. Like, I'm just trying to stay hydrated. Yep. You know, and we're entertaining ourselves. We haven't turned on the TV one time since Wednesday. You know, Mike and I were hanging out, like, doing our writing stuff. And we just started watching classics from the 80s. And we watched When Harry Met Sally. Oh, Which I he had never seen. <laughs> he was like, Meg Ryan's awesome. And I was like, yeah, dude. Oh, she's so beautiful. She's so amazing. Yeah. Her, her face was just the most expressive, amazing face. She's an incredible actor. She really is. And last night we watched Die Hard. Oh, wow. Which was great to watch right now. Uh, the second one was the one where he was hungover, right? Yes. I think about that all the time. Because, again, I'm in apocalypse mode. Mm -hmm. If the apocalypse hit right now, what are you wearing? How do you feel? You know what I mean? Yeah. Sneakers? Yep. Sports bra? Yep. Comfy clothes? And I don't feel like shit. So I've been avoiding, like, spicy foods and things, anything where I'm going to not be okay to be on my feet or to flee. That's brilliant. I've been avoiding. And I know that that's probably not healthy on some level. But... um yeah, I think about that all the time. I I very rarely wear sandals these days. No open-toed shoes. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm from Florida. That's very hard for me to do. Yeah. I'm a sandals bitch. I'm a maxi-dressed sandals bitch. <laughs> and I'm having to really come out of my comfort zone. And I leave a go bag in my car yeah. at all times. I have one too. Toothbrush and deodorant and shit like that. Yep. Never know if you're going to be on the run and you got to smell good. I have so. weeds, Xanax, and tampons at all times. There you go. Yep. I have some Clonopin in every purse. Yep. Uh, just in case I have a little, little panic attack. Yep. And uh, I took a benzo the other day because I, I got off Prozac and my doctor gave me like a fuck ton of benzos. And I tried one and I will never do that again. I don't know how people live like that. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. No. Um, I'm glad to be off the Prozac though because this is, this is me. Mm -hmm. This is who I am. Yeah. Kind of a bitch. Uh, a fucking successful, productive person who knows what she wants, I would say. You're right. You're right. I just take out uh, some stuff on my... My guy, which I should stop doing. Uh, we all do that to the people closest to us, though. But it's only been three months. I got to fucking chill out. <laughs> oh, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. got to lock that shit up. Listen, didn't you just make him a breakfast that blew his mind? I did. You're all good. I did. You're good. Yeah, we yeah. blow each other's minds frequently. Ooh. Um, I have more Hot. glitches. Do you want to hear? Yeah. Okay. I am so prepared for this podcast. I take notes. I make my glitches known. Um, okay, so this is... Um, oh, I was talking about the the event space next to my shop the other day. Yeah. The green room. Yep. On Ventura. And I was like, um, to my team, I was like, I'm going to do a show, a comedy show with Mike Glazer. And then four seconds later, my watch goes off. It's him texting me. <laughs> Not about the show, but just in general. And I was like, go, 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 glitch. He's also very intuitive. He is. He's very in touch. He's very tapped in. Yes. Yeah. And he was he was telling me something and I was like, awesome. I'm on acid right now. 
And he was like, oh, great. And then he texted me a couple hours later and he's like, uh, inspired by you, took a little bit of mushrooms walking around the mall right now. Ah, nice. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. He's awesome. Simpatico. Yeah. Um, another one is I went to an event about microdosing, which is where I found out about flow state and the microdose tinctures of acid and the microdose capsules of psilocybin mushrooms, which is fantastic. Amazing. And um, the next day, a podcast uh, producer slid in and asked me to come onto their podcast to be the expert talking about psychedelics. I was like, that's a fucking glitch. Because I went like most of the week without thinking or talking about psychedelics. And all yeah. of a sudden it was like, go to this event. Next day they're like, oh, you're an expert. I'm like, you know what? I am because I went to an event last <laughs> night and they had all these cards to hand out. And also you have personal knowledge of it, which is so important, especially now is that psychedelic therapy and psychedelic, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff is on the rise. So many people talking about it don't really know yeah. about it. Dude, that was a good post. It was a master of none show. And I uh, I went hard on the the psychedelics I've done and the w- ones you should start with and what you should end with. Mm-hmm. I said you should end with DMT because um, if you haven't blasted off before, even with weed, it's quite the experience. Mm-hmm. Have you done DMT? I won't actually do it because there are certain steps that I haven't taken yet. I respect that. I I just know that, you know, I like have been with people when they have taken like really intense amounts of salvia and they've mm-hmm. had like a totally disassociative experience. Mm-hmm. I've seen people go too far with ayahuasca. I have oh, very yeah. dear friends who have had, uh, you know, just out of body, uh, uncomfortable experiences mm-hmm. with a lot of intense things. And they come back weird a little bit. And I had my own experience like that with uh, psilocybin. So I'm careful. I don't blame you at all. Yeah. That's why I'm a microdose fan. Yep. Um, because now... Like, I hardly feel it. I just feel a little happier. Yeah. A little bit more able to take on the day. Last weekend, I was in Joshua Tree for a friend's birthday, and I just microdosed the whole weekend. little mushroom powder in my coffee mm-hmm. or in mm-hmm. my water. It was, you know, the best I've felt in months. I remember asking you if you were doing some wask yeah. while you were out there. Yeah. I have a great shaman if you need one. I do. Uh-huh. I do. I think I forwarded to Mike. Okay. The sh- the, my shaman. I'll get the info. Um, my last glitch, uh, we've been talking about how we're making money in the in the apocalypse, this, the end of days, I was considering doing some like OnlyFans shit, you know, because I have a lot of weird Twitter fans. Yeah. Um, And like, I don't think I'm like the hottest thing, but I have big tits and guys love that. And I was like, well, how can I monetize this? You know, they've been annoying me my whole life. I'm wearing literally like a fucking tactical jacket as a sports bra right now to contain them. Um, And as I was thinking about OnlyFans, a guy slid into my Twitter DMs and said, hey, do you have an OnlyFans? <laughs> You're like, I was like, uh, I will soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and then I, uh, I think I tweeted about it. And then another, another fan who, who's made like a lot of graphics for me before slid in and was like, I got a referral link. If you want in on this network, you can like get a, get a foot in a little faster. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I mean, I'll sell my foot picks and shit. The only thing annoying about that is you got to change your nail polish a lot, your toenail polish. Oh. And I got to go get it done because I'm terrible at it. Yeah. So it's like a time consuming thing. And now that the Corona is out there, it's like. You don't want to be in a nail salon. <sighs> no. No. So I got to, I got to think I'll probably just stick with the tits to be honest with you. <laughs> Or not at all. Maybe someone just wants to talk to me on OnlyFans. And Maybe someone just, yeah, wants yeah. to hang out. I mean, I was reading about one uh, gal who's making a ton of money, like, brushing her teeth and folding laundry. Fuck. With, with people. I'll do that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I feel like people would tune in just to kick it with you. Or talk about linguistics. For sure. Yeah. Wanna, like, hang out and talk to you. Let's, I'm going like, to do it. you know, I always see pictures of you, like, hanging out with your dog. And I'm like, I want to do that, you know? Yeah, I gave my dog away. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe it's your roommate's dog. Buddy, the little the little white guy. Maybe it's Buddy that yeah. I've seen. Yeah, Dugans, I gave him away in January, 
because yeah. I could not take care for him the way he needed to be cared for. Yeah. But his dad, his new dad sends me pictures all the time and I can visit whenever I want. And I already have visited. That's perfect. And when he travels, my mom who lives in Vegas near him watches him. Perfect. So he's still part of the fam. Yeah. yeah. And he's going away for a long time in the summer and I'll probably get Dugan's for like a month. That's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. I know but it's I, hard though. His life was bad with me. Yeah. Just in the apartment alone all the time. And that was with me going broke, trying to pay for dog walkers and daycare and everything. So when I got him, I had a husband, a yeah. stay-at-home husband who was very active. So, you know, shit changes. I've yep. forgiven myself. Yeah. It's been hard. Well, you did the exact right thing that needed to be done for I him. Know. I know yeah. he misses me. It's though. hard, though. Yeah, I know. I did I did a sound bath with my staff in the green room uh, a couple weeks ago. And I was just like a little bit high, not really anything else. And the journey that sound bath took me on was like it dipped me low into like Dugan's misses you every fucking day. Your dog misses you and you gave him up and he's he's wondering what he did wrong. And I was like tormenting myself. And then I was just like, but you're doing great and you got your podcast up finally and you're doing stand up more and you got a great guy in your life, you know? And then it was like, but your dog. So obviously I still feel horrible guilt about it. You feel guilt, but I think that he's probably okay. I know. Yeah. You're a nice lady to yeah. say that to no, me. I be I really believe that he is okay. Like you did the right thing. <sighs> Do you want to play a game? I, I have one more glitch to <gasps> share, too. Please, tell me another glitch. Okay, so, because we were talking about Mike, um, and, you know, he and I spent so much time together so and, like, time. do, all, you know, the podcast, and then mm-hmm. we also, like, love to go to, like, Life is Beautiful in Vegas or whatever and run the around. Best. These are the best little fun couple. We have, like, friends. The best, yeah. We have the best time just, like, hanging out. And um, I think we were in Vegas. We were somewhere walking anyway, okay. and we were, like, leaving a place together. And I turned around to him and I said, what did you just say? And he goes... I didn't say anything. And I was like, no, you just said, and I said whatever I had heard. And he was like, I didn't say that, but I thought it. <gasps> what? <laughs> like a phrase, not just a word? Like a thought. Like he had he had thought something so hard that it hit me in the back of my head. And I turned around and was like, and I can't remember what it was. And it wasn't like anything of great import, but it was very clear and loud in my head. Like he had said the words aloud. You're a fucking witch. And I was like, and he was totally, he was like, you're reading my mind now? I don't know, man. I don't know about this. And I was like, sorry, I just heard it. He drew out on you. (laughs) What else do you hear in there? You hear my bank account and my social security number? Yeah. (laughs) Can you see my tabs open on my computer right now? That's creepy. Yeah, it was great. uh, I've done that before too. Yeah. People call you a witch Mm -hmm. when that happens. Mm -hmm. We should cast spells together. I'm so in. I mean, I wouldn't know what I'm doing, but I'd be able to learn. I used to do it back in the day. Um, And then I... Got sexually assaulted and it kind of like derailed my wicked. Canada just don't believe anything in anything for a while after that. Yep. And then I dated a Jew. So it was like, eh, I'm Jewish again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I want to do like some circles and I want to do some some spells for prosperity and for protection and yep. things like that. So I need that. Let's start amassing a coven. Let's do it. It's gender neutral. Great. You can be a dude if you want, as long as you don't fucking show me your penis. Yeah. Unless you're paying me <laughs> on OnlyFans.com slash Cradrian. Perfect. <laughs> plug. Shameless plug. Love it. Um, fuck, you're a witch. Yay. I knew it. I knew the minute I met you, and I know it now. <laughs> you want to play a game? Yes. This is called Linglitch Sticks. I'm going to say a word, and I'm going to give you the real definition of it and a fake definition of it, and you have to figure out which one's which. Okay. You don't know which one I'm saying first at all. Gotcha. Okay. This is... Nudiestertian or nudiestertian, depending on your dialect. This is a person who studies nudity in a purely scientific sense for the purpose of documenting abnormalities. Or 
of or relating to the day before yesterday? Of or relating to the day before yesterday. How the fuck did you know that shit? Because uh, of the Latin, I think, root of it. Which part? The dia. New dia. The dia is day, right? It is. It is. Was that? I mean, it was a lucky guess. You're fucking good. So <laughs> it's uh, from nudius tertius, which is formed from the phrase nunc dies tertius est. Now is the third day. Yeah. Which is weird because nunc, nunca in Spanish means never. But uh, yeah, that's fucking, well, tertian tersh, is third. Third, yeah. So it makes sense. Cool. Um, uh, using it in a sentence, you would say, I ordered the key online for 20 bucks that nudius tertian morning. I was not expecting it to arrive until the following week. Okay. <laughs> Use it in a sentence. <laughs> That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, so you passed. Okay, uh, thank you. Pretty much almost everybody that I've done that game to guesses the right one, even though sometimes my fake ones are fucking bomb. That was fucking bomb. Someone who studies nudity in a scientific sense for the purpose of documenting abnormalities. So plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the next game. Okay. I say a word. You probably know all the words, so um, you'll know this word. But it's supposed to start you off on a journey. In your mind. Okay. So a semiotic stream is a, a journey that you take from something that you look at that reminds you of something else. So I'm looking in a bottle of water, reminds me of camelback, reminds me of camping, mushrooms, puking, being carsick. Like it's a, like a stream of consciousness, essentially. Got it. Semiotic scream is designed to start that stream and take a journey with you until you figure out something that's bothering you or something that you're happy about or something that you're passionate about. Wow. So the word is ubiquitous. I'm sure you know what that means. It means like prevalent everywhere. That stuff is everywhere. Uh, For instance, the coronavirus is now officially ubiquitous throughout the world and we are all in danger. Um, The example that this website gave was, oh yeah, I've seen plenty of guys with hipster beards. They're ubiquitous. Um, I'm a fan of hipster beards personally. Yeah, I, I am too. So ubiquitous. What does that make you think of? Okay. Ubiquitous makes me think of UB40, the band, uh-huh. which makes me think of their hit Red Red Wine, which makes me think Red of Red, Red, Red Wine. Wine. Like that? Yep. yep. Which makes me think of hurricane times in New York City when I drank a lot of wine in the apartment that I lived in in Chelsea with my boyfriend as our relationship was ending. Oh, shit. And um, it was like end times that felt like right now, but it was Hurricane Sandy. And you were by the pier if you and, were in Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, I was in Chelsea at 25th and 8th. Uh-huh. And so like the streets were lashed with this rain and we were drinking wine by candlelight and listening to music on a hand-cranked radio. And I remember like looking at him and being like, I got to go. And he was like, what do you mean you have to go? And I was like, I got to get on a train and I got to get out of here. And I actually went and left him and went to my lover who, like, my boyfriend and I who were living in Chelsea were in the midst of a breakup. Mm-hmm. And in this hurricane time, I left him and our cats and went upstate to see this person that I ended up involved with who I now have a restraining order against because it went so badly. And the person that I left in that apartment in Chelsea is one of the best men I've ever met. And it still bothers me that I did that and I made that bad choice because I was, you know, operating from a bad place. Have you spoken to that guy since, the one you left? Yeah, we went we went through a pretty great breakup in in this grand scheme of things because he is a very good person and a very kind person. So yeah, we're we're like okay. Who got the cats? He has the cats. How many were there? Two. Okay. Yeah. 
That's always hard. Yeah. I got the dog, but then I had to give the dog up. So yeah. nobody won. Yeah, it's just so fucking painful. And I think the guilt that I have attached to making a choice to actually leave someone who loved me, who was like holding it down for me during a hurricane, to go to a person who tried to destroy me is like something that I, I like naming it out loud just to really point a finger at it and say that I know it was wrong mm -hmm. and I'll never do anything like that again. It's almost like the hurricane picked you up and took you to another hurricane. Mm -hmm. You were in a maelstrom in your own mind. Yeah. Damn. You feel guilt about that. I feel guilt about what I did because of the person that I was with in yeah. that apartment who was like truly like a container for all of everything I was going through at that time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't what I needed. You know, I didn't need that safe padded room. I needed right. someone who would like let me run free. Fuck it up. You but, need someone to fuck it up. Yeah, but the person who let me fuck it up was not in it because he wanted good things for me. <laughs> and I've learned so much. So yeah. That reminds me of... Um... Like liking bad boys, that's kind of a problem for me. Mm -hmm. I'm from Florida, so a guy on a motorcycle who curses, who's got tats, like I'm, oh, I love bad boys. Panty soup. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I haven't dated a bad boy in a long time. Um, and my boyfriend now is a reformed bad boy. Mm. He's got the sleeve tats. He was a bad boy. Um, he's He's been through some shit, you know, but he's like all like, recovered and at one with himself and Zen and working on himself and stuff. And it's like the best of both worlds. Cause I get that bad boy. Like he has that mischievous twinkle in his eye still that yeah. like just, just, Oh, and he likes that. I'm a reformed bad girl. Like I don't do bad shit anymore, mm -hmm. but um, I feel like you can tell I used to fuck shit up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I'm probably going to get back on a motorcycle. I'm not going to lie about that. Love it. Mostly just to save money on gas. Yeah. Um, and you can lane split when there's like everything's broken 100%. down in the fucking traffic. 100%. I'm yeah. not going to do it fast like those motherfuckers though because people get in your lane like crazy. It's scary. I'm one of those people that swerves to make way for the motorcyclists and then I get mad at them when they don't wave at me. Yeah. Like, bro, I went out of my way for you. Give, give me a hand little, tip. Yeah. Give me a little, you know. Come on. Um, but I feel you on leaving a, a good guy. My first husband was technically a good guy, although we had a very tumultuous, volatile relationship. But he was protective and there for me when I would need him, you know, and I left him for the unknown. Yeah. Because when you're at a certain age, you're not ready for that. You know, got married too young. Yeah. And uh, I feel you hard on that. Interesting that you're talking about a hurricane too, because I was just talking about how it was hurricane prep and literally like we're pretty much going through a hurricane right now. Yeah. I think that's the ubiquity of the, the, the mm -hmm. sort of like the coronavirus hurricane energy is what led me to that. I wonder feeling. what this is going to stir up in you now. Oh, are you seeing anyone right now? I yeah, yeah, yeah. you're playing around, you playing know. the field. Yeah. Do you meet in person or do you use apps? Um, both. Yeah. Yeah. I use like Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. That's Instagram Twitter. story is a big way that we like, you know, we watch each other's stories. Oh hell sure. yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's cute. I hope it's someone funny. Yeah. You can't not be with someone funny. Yeah, I mean, we all need to be with funny people. I mean, what not, else are you gonna do? Some people are boring and don't want that. Yeah. And I don't want to be around those people. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I feel that. Thank God for funny people. I know. Ooh. Oh, I love them so much. I I tried to date a normal guy, a normie, and it just wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Know? I just met a, a, a friend's boyfriend, you know, and she's been looking for love for a long time and I love her so much and I want her to be happy. And I met her boyfriend and I was like, I would rather you be single because he is so boring. <laughs> and he's like super nice and super into her. And I was like, but... 
Oh my God. What do you talk about? Like, really? What are you talking? <laughs> no, anyway, it's fine. She's happy. And, and sometimes you're, you're fine. You're entertained, but your brain's not on fire and you want it to be on fire. Yeah. You want to be able to say some weird shit and have them be like, yeah, yeah. Here's what I think about that, you know? Yeah. And that's a uh, super special. Yeah. And play mind games, not in the sense of like trying to fuck each other over, but like saying yes and to ridiculous ideas and then laughing about, you know, improv stuff. rules. Love it. Love it. Uh, yeah. I've done a lot of scene clearing of late with these oh, relationships. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been, it's been a lot. I, Amazing. Uh, I was trying so hard to stay single. So hard. But it's difficult when um, I, I don't want to sleep around. But I want to have sex. Yeah. So I kind of got to lock one down because I, I don't know. I just, I, more power to people that can handle that. But like changing the toothbrushes and stuff was just getting to like, yeah. I was wearing myself out where I was like, I, I don't even, just don't use one. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember which one's yours. I'm sorry. Bring your own goddamn toothbrush. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've uh, never been able to like see more than one person at a time. You know, I, I used to when I was younger. Yeah. I call I'd call them one, two and three to my friends. And like, and that's disgusting. But I mean, no, it's not. It's you know what? Sex positive. Do what makes oh, you hell happy. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. But like, why was I doing that? I was trying to prove something. Yeah. To myself. Yeah, I did. Definitely. Like there was a time when I was, you know, in my 20s where I would like like to play people off of each other and triangulate them, which was my own fucking toxicity mm-hmm. that I luckily put it into after someone fucking called me on it. He was like, that's fucking bullshit. And if you're going to, you know, like be a good person, you sh- you can't do that. I love when people call me on shit. Yeah. It was great. It's the best. Shout out Dan. You know, thanks, man. For, <laughs> thanks, you know. Dan. Yeah. Like knocking some sense into me because like I, he took me out for dinner. We had a great time. And then at the end of it, I was like, well, you know, I am seeing someone. And he was like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you right now that you're, that's not okay. It was so good. Did you stop seeing him? Or? Yeah. And we're still friends. Okay. Yeah. Damn. You know, a Dan, when I was nine, told me I looked horrible in pigtails. Oh. And I credit him for the reason I don't uh, do porn right now. <laughs> That's great. I considered it. <laughs> I think porn is great. Right. Uh, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, softcore, hardcore, whatever. Sure. I, that's like what – I'm tr- I'm 30 and, and divor- twice divorced, trying to be enticing to people who've been fucking for decades – how do I stay interesting? I'm going to go look at porn and figure out what what they're wanting, what they want me to do, you know? Okay, yeah. There's a lot of, lot of crazy shit out there. But how do the pigtails fit in? Um, I feel like a lot of porn has girls wearing pigtails. So oh. You look like a teenager. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, that was that was my semiotic scream. Can you tell that I'm insecure <laughs> about my sexual prowess because I was locked into a five-year relationship and then immediately an eight-year relationship? Uh, and I had to quickly relearn how to have sex <laughs> yeah and what i liked luckily the first guy's a, a buddy and and i was like i don't really know what i like and he was like you want to find out i was like hell awesome. yeah try yeah. some shit um and uh it was i like a lot of things just not alcoholism yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know key yes uh, i really can't stand no uh, people who drink alcohol a lot uh Honestly, even a little. My assistant, Sarah, you know, you know about Sarah. Yeah. You met Sarah, right? Yeah. She's the best. She's the best. Um, she's going to be coming on and helping me more with the podcast soon, too. Nice. She, uh, she's from Boston, so yeah. she likes to drink. And every time she gets a drink, she's like, I know you're counting. Which one is this? <laughs> and she's got that great voice, too. Yeah. Oh, she's got that fucking she's got baller that- ass Boston voice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. yeah. All right, Steve. Take care. Thanks. <laughs> bye bye. She's so professional. She's awesome. She's going to be 
amazingly talented and successful. Like I see great things for her. I love that. She's in a, like a, in a weird state right now as we all are, but yeah. I'm pushing her through it and I'm going to, I'm going to try to get her in where she's supposed to be. Your I mean, motivator. She, she's got to find her own path, but yeah. Well, it helps that I come to work on just a wee bit of acid. Yeah. And uh, when she, if she's in a bad mood, I'm like, Hey man, want to go get a fruit bowl? <laughs> You'll feel better after that. Get some vitamin C in you. Oh man, everyone needs you in their lives. Oh, I'm saying. So good. I, I go through my bad moods though. My funks. Mm, yeah. I'm moody. Sure. Mm. We all do. Yeah. And then you work it out. You work it out. On stage, maybe? Do you work it out on stage no, a little I bit? No, I punish my boyfriend. Hmm. I do work a lot of stuff out on stage. Yeah. I, I uh, My buddy the other day, he's from Florida. He hasn't seen me since the breakup, and he booked me on a show. And I went down there, and I did it. And he's like, a lot of good stuff. Uh, uh, you're so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. And he's like, they seem to like it better when there was a triumph for you. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I know, but I have to punish myself first. I have to say things like, I mean— the one that did the best was like, um, he's he's dating the opposite of me, my husband. He's dating someone short and petite and pretty quiet. And yeah. I'm the, exactly the opposite of that. And I was like, well, I'll try dating the opposite of him. I'm going to try dating men. Yes. And like that little bit of a triumph for me, he, he like referenced that joke and he's like, more like that. And I was like, first of all, thank you for your feedback on my set without me asking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. With com- with comics that I know, homies from way back, I'll accept it. But totally. I'm, I'm learning to be like, do you want feedback? And if they say no, you got to respect that. You have to. And that's really hard for me. Yeah. Miss unsolicited advice 101 sure. teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. It is. Um, it's a lot. Do you give a lot of unsolicited advice or do you try to hold back? I try to hold back so hard. I have a lot of opinions always about everything. Mm-hmm. I'm very impassioned uh, all the time. I went and saw a play recently and um, I went and saw it with Mike actually. And uh-huh. we went afterwards and he was like, so what'd you think? And I was like, well, what did you think? And he talked for a while. And then I was like, okay. And I didn't want to ruin his experience of it. And then I was like, here's what, and I kind of unleashed. And he was like, whoa, that's so much. And I was like, yeah, I just, there's no excuse for what I saw tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I try not to, especially if it's going to taint someone else's experience of something that they really enjoyed or, you know, if it's going to like make an artist feel, you know, anything other than sort of like um, supported, you know constructively you're such I a try. wonderful person I try not to I try to shit on everyone at all times I'm kidding <laughs> no you don't you're so fucking positive and awesome I try to be yeah I want people to just like live their truth and do their best and and make their dreams come true and see through the lies which is you know hard fucking it's fucking hard to hear but that's that's also being supportive and positive I call people on their bullshit a lot. yeah that's a that's a good thing yeah and I want it in return yeah that's something I'm working on in my relationship now is like He's very into like not giving feedback unless it's asked for. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm asking. Yeah. I'm asking you to tear me up right now. Pop off, King. Yeah. And then uh, he gave it to me that night and I was like, thank you so much. I Now I know what you think about things that I'm doing and yada, yada, yada. So cool. It's great. He's actually the reason that I researched so heavily before the podcast um, to be like super prepared for it. And he's yeah. like, take it seriously. This is what you want to do. Take it really fucking seriously. And I have been. Um, but and that means he respects your ability to like fucking kill it with this. He does. Otherwise I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he listens to all the podcasts that I guest on. He listened to the one with you. Nice. And he always has like cute little things that he likes about it. Cause up until like now I've been saying like, Oh, this guy I'm dating or this guy I'm seeing or one of the guys I'm seeing. And now I'm straight up like my boyfriend. So there's no way 
you can't know that I'm talking about him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so now awesome. he's listening for little Easter eggs about himself. <laughs> it's always good. Yeah. Uh, I'm like lovesick in love with him. That's lovely. I know. That's a good feeling. I'm just worried that uh, that it's not real. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking scary. It's fucking scary. Horrifying. <sighs> I feel like a tension in my taint when I think about getting hurt again. You know what I mean? <laughs> your perennium like it all puckers up and I get a weird feeling in my gut I'm like if I ever have to go through what I went through again with that yeah. crazy breakup where you know there was like some stuff said to me where I was like this might end me yeah this might end me I don't know if I'm gonna live through this mm-hmm. um and that was with a very sick person but I was like I don't know if I can just ever be that sad again it's scary you think you're gonna die yeah the first two weeks of my breakup I thought I was gonna die yep I had to get on medication immediately yeah and the psychiatrist that I telecommunicated with was like, you need, you need something right now. I'm going to call something in right now. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to fucking die. Yep. I felt exactly the same. Yeah. I, uh, I had never really experienced a breakup like that before. I usually just jump ship onto the next one. Yeah. Grieve slowly in the background, like an app that stays open in the background and refreshes and just kind of works itself out and mm-hmm. the updates go and the firewall goes and every once in a while you got to do a hard reboot and maybe download the app again. But, uh, inherently it's it's going to work itself out just processing in the back of your mind like ram and um that's how i did with all my relationships until this one this one is like at the front at the forefront you know yeah scoops you out like a fucking melon right with 20 tabs open yeah. just fucking eating up all my memory and fucking me. yeah it's rough i love that metaphor <laughs> yeah i'm a programmer yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally i mean i felt yeah like i felt like um just completely emptied out and uh and yeah like I, I remember driving to see this energy worker I didn't believe in energy work at all like Reiki uh it, it, her, it was called sentient intelligence and she's since uh retired but oh. it was a combination of Reiki and hands-on um, oh this is what Glazer was telling and, me about yeah I think you mentioned it to you right uh-huh. and I was like in the middle of this you know horrific time where I was receiving abuse daily from this person and I drove to this appointment that my um, therapist had encouraged me to make I had no belief that it would help me at all mm-hmm. and in the car on the way there I prayed which I don't do because I'm not religious but I prayed to something that would help me get out of this because I was like if, the, if something doesn't shift I'm gonna die I'm gonna, die, I'm yeah. gonna fucking die and I got onto the table and she did an hour's work and at the end of it she was like I cut some stuff away there's someone that's holding on to you that's literally trying to pull you down I could feel it and so I cut him away and I went out into the world and I felt better than I had in months. And I waited and I sat in the car and I was like, well, when is it going to flood back in? When is that wave going to crash over me? And it didn't for a week. And then it didn't for a month. And that's when the healing actually started. And there was so much work left to do after that. But that's where I was finally like, okay, I can live at the very least. I want um, that experience. If you find another lady who does something like that, and I do mean lady, I don't know why. Yeah. Male energy. I can't, I do know why males abuse me. I cannot handle it. Yeah. But female, I like female doctors, female psychiatrists, female energy workers, mm-hmm. female sex workers. I have a great female therapist. Yeah. Yeah. My therapist is amazing. Yeah. I fucking love her to death. Yeah. I want to hang out with her. We should do some like uh, circles, some, you know, witchy women circles. 100%. Let's do it. Let's make a like a cannabis food linguistics coven. <laughs> oh my God. Let's go to Joshua Tree and fucking just do it for a weekend. I'm in. All right. 100%. Done. I'll start planning it. Okay. I'll get my assistant to send you an iCal in my <laughs> It'll have a little attachment Perfect. of her going. She's It's dark in here. I just looked at my phone. It's three three three. Oh, what amazing! That's a that's a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is. Um, this final segment okay. is it's a weird one. It's very personal to me. It's called "That's a Wrap." 
as in R-A-P. Oh. Because I pretty much exclusively listen to rap music and always have. Yeah. I'm very small. Your knowledge is deep. My knowledge is deep. And I love the profundity of a lot of the lyrics that come out. And I sometimes when people say something to me, I'll say rap lyrics and they're like, wow, that's profound. And I'm like, that's fucking ludicrous, you know? Yeah. Or something. Uh, I can't take credit for it. But rap moves me in a way that a lot of music doesn't. So this is from Tupac's Keep Your Head Up. You know, it's funny when it rains, it pours. They got money for wars, but can't feed the poor. Said it ain't no hope for the youth. And the truth is it ain't no hope for the future. Wow. They have money for wars, but can't feed the poor. And like, that's what I mean, you're seeing, like bomb strikes happening right now in the middle yeah. of this coronavirus bullshit. You're seeing people turned away for testing because they're, you know, they're trying to prioritize who's going to be sick or who's going to die first. Um, they just did that 1.5 billion bailout for dollar bill bailout without you know providing medicare for all for all the people yeah. who are sick medicine was not even accounted for in yep. that so obviously there's machinations at hand that we don't understand the lizard people at the top the draconians are like muppeteering this fucking this this virus is not an accident shout out on anaki is <laughs> <laughs> how you think it is yeah the lizard yeah oh man i saw them on my dmt vision oh that's right you did yeah. And the oh, mom right. was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And I was like, because I know they run shit, you know? And it was the mom who was in charge of that shit. So it's not only draconian, it, there's a female draconian at the top. Yeah. I don't think it's Melania Trump. Okay. She barely speaks English. <laughs> um, but I think there's there's evil afoot. and they, sure. And they run shit. And I think that the coronavirus is supposed to do something. I don't know if it's Malthusian pressure to deplete some of the population. It is targeting older people. I know they're trying to get rid of Social Security and Medicaid and all that kind of shit. And it is clearing the skies. Medicare. I mean, there are blue skies over China for the first time in a long time. Like, it's putting an end to some of the climate change. It's pretty fucking interesting when you pull out and look at it from a... It's very Thanos-like. Yeah. From Avengers. Yeah. Like, if you kill half of the population off, the world will survive. And it's absolutely accurate. It's crazy. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um, I usually try to leave on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> Conspiracy theory. <laughs> Central. Here we go. Um, this has been amazing. You are an amazing guest. We are going to start a coven. But let's do it. We'll grab an Instagram account as soon as we name it. I can't wait. It's going to be something glitchy and weird. I'll try to think while I'm on drugs. You try to think while you're on drugs. I'll be on drugs tonight. Ask Glazer too. Yeah. You vibe with Glazer. I vibe with Glazer, the three of us. But that's the that's the we'll start. Vibe. That's the tripod of the covenant right He's there. in the coven. A hundred percent. He's got to be. The charms in his beard. Can you picture? He's so tapped in. Oh, <laughs> he's the best. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll marry him one day. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> a hot couple. <laughs> you think? Yeah. <laughs> You guys would like blow shit up. Yeah, we blow shit up. <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about his beard. Oh, you're thinking about marrying Mike Glazer? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I'm in love with my boyfriend. So let's start our covenant. Um, Weed and Grub is your yes. podcast, mm -hmm. which is amazing. Thank I'd love you. To listen to it. Thank you. You also write. I do. You write for a lot of things. I just wrote a piece about the coronavirus and how it's affecting the cannabis industry for Rolling Stone. Mm -hmm. So that'll be out. I mean, when this comes out, that'll be old news. But for sure. I'm writing some other stuff for Rolling Stone right now and just wrote a piece for Green Entrepreneur. And yeah. There you go. Yeah. Getting into it. Yeah. A lot of reading going on right now. Yeah. A lot of reading, a lot of fucking. A lot of reading, a lot of fucking, a lot of, you know, movies to watch, 80s classics. <laughs> <laughs> whole lot of fucking going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm into it. I'm into all of it. Where is the best place to follow you? You can follow me at this is Mary Jane underscore, which I know is a nightmare, but um, that's my handle at this is Mary Jane underscore. And the podcast is at weed and grub. It's the best. You're the best. You're the best. And I'll see you soon. Yeah. And I'll see you glitches later. Bye. Bye. Bye.